Well, markets are still nervous. All pivot talk has disappeared, it seems. So uh, will non-farm payrolls change that picture? Could they reinforce this nervousness? Or will weaker job numbers bring back that forlorn hope that the Fed will ease off a little? It's Friday, the 7th of October, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. We are in Paris this morning. Good morning. Why are we in Paris? Well, I'll explain all about that in just a second. First of all, let's look at what's happening in the markets. We've got further falls in U.S. shares. The Dow is down 0.4%. The S&P 500 has lost 04 as well. The Nasdaq also in the red, albeit only just. In Europe, a 0.3% drop in the Eurostox 50 and 0.7% fall in the FTSE 100. On currencies, a 0.9% rise on the U.S. dollar on the DXY index. A casualty is the Aussie dollar. That's down 1.1% this morning at 64.1 U.S. cents. The Kiwi down one. 0.4%, the euro down 0.8%. The pound is taking a bit of a, sh- a shellacking, losing 1.6% this morning. And bond yields up further. 10-year treasuries up six basis points, up to 3.8%. A six basis point rise in 10-year bond yields as well. And UK 10-year gilt yields up 14 basis points to 4.16%. And oil pushing higher. Brent is over $94, up three quarters of 1%. WTI is up 0.6%. Now we are limbering up to non-farm payrolls tonight. Gavin Fred joins me also in Paris this morning. Gavin, the fact that yields are rising, does that suggest this expectation that maybe the labour market will stay tight uh, and therefore the Fed is going to have to carry on uh, down its path? Is that, what, uh, w- is that what it's telling us, do you think? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, the markets are a little bit nervous, obviously. That we, 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 I think we're still trading on the, in the sort of echo of the more punchy ISM services number that we saw yesterday. Um, the jobless claims numbers today, sorry, the jobless claims numbers on Thursday jagged a little bit higher. Remember, the trend there had been down for a number of weeks. Well, it's pretty mixed, wasn't it? Because the, cause the weekly number, last week's number, was uh, the, the claims were up a little. So, I mean, that would suggest, you know, perhaps things are uh, moderating a, a, a little bit, which would be good for c- controlling inflation. But, I mean, we're talking small numbers, but continuing claims from the week before are still rising. So, mixed news, really. Yeah, I think that I think so. But I think you know, if you look at um, the word mixed, I think is absolutely right. When we look at uh, the labour market, and obviously we're peering into non-farm payrolls later on today, you know, um, the market really will be looking for something that suggests um, a slower number. Two hundred and fifty thousand is the consensus from three one five in August. The range is two hundred to three hundred and eighty nine. I mean, that would be consistent with a slowing in the labour market that ought to be in train as the Fed hikes and, you know, financial conditions tighten. But we know, you know, the employment component in the ISM manufacturing on Monday was softer. The component in the ISM services was not so soft. Um, and you look at things like people, people highlighted this week, earlier this week, the JOLTS data. Um, actually, you know, the quits rate within that report uh, was quite punchy. So, you know, the idea that people still feel very confident in moving around the labour market um, you know, uh, doesn't suggest uh, that there's any sort of impending weakness there. Uh, I think the in- inability of the U.S. Uh, participation rate to rise meaningfully is also suggesting no impending peril at that point. But I think you're right. I mean, it's just it's just general nervousness. We've had a number of Fed speakers pushing back against the idea that was, you know, that the markets seized on really uh, from the softer manufacturing numbers on Monday. You know, we heard from. Uh, Fed's daily in Bostic a couple of days ago. Today it's been Mester, um, you know, talking about um, the unacceptably high uh, level of inflation in the US. And then we had uh, Neil Kashkari saying it's, you know, we're quite a ways away 
from a pause. And so that message is consistent. And I just think it makes the, the market a little bit nervous. What I would say in terms of market reaction is I still think that the larger reaction will come from um, a softer report. So if we were to get a lower jobs uh, create, created number or if we were to get something you know, on the downside in terms of earnings because yes. above 5%, you know, 5.1, 5.2, that's unacceptable for the Fed. Remember last month we got a, a low 0.3 rise on the month. The consensus for today is 0.5, and that being the case, that will still be unacceptable for the Fed. So, you know, that said, I still think the market wants to seize on anything that suggests a pause is due, and I think that's where, you yeah. know... What, They're looking for an excuse almost, aren't they? And, the, and, the, and that wages data, because we saw those ADP numbers earlier in the week as well, and, the, you know, they were quite staggering, the rate of uh, the jobs inflation. So any sign that we're seeing... Uh, wages moderate, I'm sure the, the, the markets will pounce on, but we perhaps won't hold our breath on that. What about what's happening in, uh, in Europe? The, so we had the ECB minutes. I don't think there was anything new in that. But German factory orders, so they fell in August by 2.4%, which was a bit more than expected, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that comes after a 1.9% rise in July and below the 0.7 consensus decline. The details suggest it was major orders, uh, which, is, which is appearing, it's, it's becoming something of a feature of Q3. Um, you know, the, the stats office suggests uh, that, that there's, there's particular volatility in aerospace equipment. It's all large orders. Outside of large orders, um, they rose 0.7, um, you know, with a 3.4% fall in domestic orders, whilst export orders were a little bit weaker and more weaker really within, you know, the European Union. Uh, so orders from Germany to the European Union rather than to elsewhere around the world. I mean, I guess the takeaway there is, is that the war in Ukraine continues to make for difficult conditions. What about in the UK then? So it looked like the pound was sort of normalising itself. In fact, you know, it had climbed higher than it was before that, uh, that uh, macro mini budget or maxi mini budget, I should say, uh, but quite a fall in sterling today. So has something happened to drive that? Um, well, we had the uh, news from Fitch, the ratings agency, which met, you know, meshed with uh, other ratings news earlier in the week, really, which is you know, revising the outlook to negative from stable. I mean, this is not something that is an immediate downgrade. It could take up to two years. If it were to happen, they'll be watching the data just like everybody else and what the government does in terms of their fiscal position. Um, it's interesting on the day, you know, we, we talk about risk off and we talk about, you know, US two and 10 year yields up sort of six basis points respectively. In the UK, we're up nine in the twos and we're up 13 in the tens. The Bank of England, you know, which had basically pledged it stood ready to buy five million. Sorry, it stood ready to buy five billion a day in the gilts market. Um, it, it, it only bought up until today. Uh, 3.65 and then today came in with a very small 154 million so it still clearly feels it needs to make its pressure it needs to make its presence felt um, you know it's not it's not a large amount it doesn't the market clearly doesn't need a lot of support but the bank is there to keep financial stability you know on the on the straight and narrow it's worried also about the mortgage market and i think that's now the more the mortgage market is the thing because if UK households can't borrow and they're, they're, they're forced to be paying, you know, fixed rates now are coming out at sort of five and a half, six and a half percent. That's way up on where they were. Yeah. And that will have a meaningful impact on 
household budgets. But that's an issue around the world, isn't it? Perhaps it's just a bit more pronounced in the, in the UK because it's coming at them sooner. So Bloomberg's reporting today that, uh, that three billion, 300 billion was, uh, was stripped off UK bond and share markets in the first month of uh, Liz Truss as, uh, as Prime Minister. But I guess a little bit unfair. She can't be responsible for all of that because obviously there's, there's world conditions which are <laughs> which having an impact as well. It's not. She didn't do it all by herself. Uh, let's look closer to home. Uh, so we had uh, job ads in Australia, the Seek job ads yesterday, actually down. I mean, not the 10% that we saw in the jolts numbers uh, this week in the US, but a 5% drop. Uh, is that going to be enough to make any difference in wage demands? How's the RBA going to look at these numbers? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that points to an acceleration in the pace of decline there in this particular uh, measure. It's the fourth consecutive month-to-month decline, which perhaps hints at some easing in labour demand. It also is the case that labour supply is picking up as migration returns. So the, the, um, the civilian population aged 15 years and above has increased by close on 17,000 in the last couple of months versus a prior 5,000 run rate. So there's your, there's your supply issue. You've also got to remember, though, that these data, um, the job ads, are over 50% above their uh, pre-pandemic levels. So they're, they're falling, but from a, a very elevated level. Uh, and let's look at the Australian trade surplus as well. While well, we're tra- talking about things close to home, that was a little lower than expected, even though exports were up, uh, what, 2.9% month on month. But we imported quite a bit more. So is that a good sign? If we're importing more, then that's the sign of a strong economy. But then is a strong economy good if we're importing more? Is that going to push prices up? Is that going to be inflationary? Mm. So as you say, for once a pullback, um, the number was $8.3 billion. Um, that was uh, down $643 million against um, a $10 billion consensus. Exports, exports actually continue to, to travel quite well, coal up 2.9%. Um, the pullback, though, as you say, is, is led by higher imports up 2.1 billion or 4.5 percent. And following July's 4. Point, or almost 5 percent gain, fuel and other lubricants, the greatest sort of you know, contributing factor to that. The big picture, though, is, is that consumption imports are 40 percent above 2019 levels. Um, intermediate, other merchandise goods um, imports 60 percent above. So this all suggests, I think, that supply chain hold-ups are perhaps easing a bit. That's clearly good news. But it isn't yet, you know, so translating into lower import costs as seen in sort of, you know, the the sort of global shipping and freight rates that we're seeing going around the world. I mean, that's, I guess, I mean, that would would be a good story, but it looks like it's probably something for 2023. Yeah, and how does that play into where the RBA goes next? Because obviously we had that that lower than expected cash rate this week. Uh, Has uh, has that played out now? Is the expectation of of a lower terminal rate ultimately? Well, I guess the RBA's interest in this will be the strength of import demand, um, you know, and whether that makes them question, uh, you know, the reasons why they uh, decided to uh, hike at a slightly slower pace. But so in what way? So if on the one side we're saying, well, OK, uh, you know, perhaps supply chains are improving, therefore that, that, that will help to uh, pull down the cost, so that will help within bring down inflation. But on the other side, as you were saying, you know, consumption levels are at pre-pandemic levels, so that demand is still high. And, you know, we talk about the, the slowing in the, in the ads in the seat data, but actually the labour market is still going and wage growth is still going at a fair clip, isn't it? And we're going we're we're to be looking forward to the Q3 CPI numbers, you know, in a couple of weeks' time. And, of course, that's going to be, I think, for the RBA, really, the next signpost on uh, where they're going to set policy. 
Right. Well, a few things today. We get German retail sales, we get France's balance of trade, we get employment numbers for Canada. But obviously the big number is non-farm payrolls tonight, isn't it? Absolutely, Phil. Catch you soon, Gavin. Now, the reason why we are here in Paris is because NAB is staging an event uh, to try and attract investment into Australian infrastructure and energy infrastructure as well. The ambassador, the uh, Australian ambassador to France is uh, Ambassador Gillian Bird. She's with me. So uh, what's been the flavour of today? There seems to be quite a bit of enthusiasm for investment in Australia. No, it's been terrific. And it's actually wonderful also to have NAB having just recently opened its headquarters here in Europe because the opportunities here in France and more broadly broadly are enormous. Uh, French companies are already very heavily engaged in the energy, renewable energy and infrastructure sectors. Uh, companies like Neoen, Angie, Total Arène, Bouygues, uh, Eliquid, all very, very actively engaged in the energy side, Keolis and others on the infrastructure. So I think they were impressed by the opportunities that Australia offers and very keen to get engaged. Yeah, I mean, the size of the opportunity, I guess the fact that we're, we're seeing this transition uh, and it from, from uh, fossil fuels to, to renewables in an environment which obviously is a safe environment, but also a growing population as well. I mean, those three factors just... Uh, demonstrate the scale of the opportunity, don't they? Yeah, and as I said, French companies have been very quick to recognise the opportunities. Um, They see Australia as a very good place to invest. It's wonderful that NAB is here helping encourage that that interest. Um, We see it only growing. We're very keen to conclude our negotiations on a trade agreement with the EU. It's a high priority for the government. Um, And that too will really help reinforce this uh, French and European interest and engagement. Well, great to have you here today. Look, there's people drinking uh, in the background. You should go and join them. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. It's Australian wine, I can assure you, which is great. (laughs) Fantastic. And that's it. That's the morning call for this Friday morning. I'm Phil Darby for NAB. Uh, Back to our normal surroundings on Monday morning. Well, we'll see you then, bright and early. Uh, Enjoy your weekend. Till then, thanks for listening.